From trauma to joie de vivre, how is that possible? Welcome to Post-Trauma Secrets and Decluttering, where we go behind the scene and reveal how to free yourself. Come and discover the four dimensions of a decluttering journey with your hosts, Valerie Huard and J.M. Tetro. Welcome, wonderful souls. We are so happy that you're listening to this episode number eight. How Trauma Affects Relationships Part 2. I hope you've listened to episode number 7, which went over the dominant pattern of relationship. This episode is based on a paper from Carmen Lynch, a therapist, and Dr. Daniels, Emeritus Professor at Sonoma State University. It divides relationship into two groups of five. The five dominant and the five collateral pattern relationship, which we'll talk about in this episode. These collateral patterns are temporary by nature. They're lasting from few weeks to few years, but they are temporary. When one pattern lasts longer than that, it's likely to evolve into a dominant pattern relationship, which was discussed in the episode 7. Number six, healing relationship. This often follows a period of loss, of struggle, deprivation, stress, mourning, hardship that happen in someone's life. And the person in the relationship typically will feel wounded or fearful. They need, you know, tender, loving care so badly. And at the same time, they need to undertake some reassessment of themselves and the way they're relating. They don't have to be in the same place in the same time of their, in their own growth and development as their partner. And by external criteria, the partner, it may appear to be misfit or sometimes greatly. And the lack of fit it can involve anything from age to physical distance, sometimes attitude or experience, and most often based on ancient or old or recent trauma. Do you remember that globetrotter that wrote a book on e-relationships? He quit his table job to go all around the world to meet the woman he met on the internet. All his family was disapproving his decision and non-conventional relationship. You know, it was relationship by internet, but we have to think that that was in the beginning of the 2000s. You know, not everybody was accessing internet at that time. So couples in the healing relationship tend to talk about the past a lot, about the struggle of their previous relationship. They go over and over and over it, and they kind of are stick there. And when their relationship ends, it's often moving into a different form. So it's more supportive, like it ends as being friends. You know, we're not partner anymore, but we'll stay friends. And that's often the way that gradually growing away from each other. Now let's go to the seven type, the experimental relationship. This is the, I'll try it out relationship. Just as an example, a man who always choose partner emotionally similar to his mother, for example, may try something different, which is very 
hard from a relationship and emotional perspective. So it's experimental from what he knows. And the intention is to find how someone relates to one. <laughs> That's remind me of teenagers. You know, they are discovering and testing the limit. So it's kind of dating relationship often has this quality of exploration. When two people are connection that clicks, but it evolves in a dominant one eventually. And uh, number eight, the transitional relationship. This relationship is often the cross between the old and the new of a relationship. You know, the new is the honeymoon, a little bit stretched from the honeymoon perspective, but it's all about new discovering. The cross between is the transitional relationship. Something that drove you crazy about the other, but it's changing slightly, slowly. This, it lets us handle the old issue and the conflicts in a new way. At the same time, we can try new ways of being and relating. It's a good place to practice for a long-term relationship that's healthier than the one that preceded. By occasion, it may evolve into a long-term relationship. Hmm, that reminds me of a woman whose first husband lied to her constantly. She was kind of on her own intuitive sense of what was really going on. But when it started to involve a man who was basically honest and lots of drama, she will change. She will start to be assertive. She will allow herself to discover the new way instead of being enraged. And the nine type is avoidance relationship. This pattern can involve people who protect themselves against deep intimacy with others, full contact with their own deeper feeling, or it may involve people just coming out of a relationship who are afraid of still more of the painful feeling of loss, mourning, or failure that often it's with splitting up. Often the beginning and the ending are abrupt. Hmm. Like someone who has attachment difficulty because of losing a close one when younger can avoid feeling and emotion into these relationships. There's that guy, Hector, who was married for 10 years. It was 10 years of pseudo-perfect marriage involving adultery. His marriage of 10 years exploded one day and caused a trauma to Hector. He then started a continuing series of avoidance relationships one after the other during 15 years before he finally allowed himself to trust enough someone and open up in full again and transition to a stronger relationship. Don't you think that it is long five years of trauma and avoidance. What about 10 years and 15 years? That seems an eternity. How many of you thinks you should have shift before that? Absolutely. This is so hard, the transition. 
of avoidance. The tenth and the last, the pastime relationship. A pastime relationship, as it sounds, is for fun, for recreation, for game. Although it sounds there's some hope to attach themselves and expectation, like a summer romance is likely to be a pastime relationship. In some case, it makes it unlikely that the relationship will be an enduring one. It's most likely a passionate, delightful and tender while it lasts, but there's no expectation it should be more than that. And the dominant mood and theme is going it fully for all of what it is. <laughs> for example, I knew two good friends of mine that were having what they call a friends with benefit. Technically, they weren't into an official relationship, but here and there frequently, they were meeting, having fun, and then continue their life in each side for a bit. Until the next time. And there was always a next time. What you gotta understand is that both of them were affected by relationship trauma, their parent divorced when they were young. So as we understand, having trauma influence which type of relationship that we have. But do you think that relationship patterns that we are in depends also of our brain? If so, is it because trauma affect the brains? That's what we will talk about in the next episode, episode 9, how trauma affects or change the brain. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this episode. If you want to help break the trauma stigma, share this episode and give hope to your friends and let them know it is possible to get free from trauma. Valerie and JM want to help you further by offering you Declutter Your Life 101. Be sure to go to dowellht.com forward slash free yourself. That's dowellht.com forward slash free yourself to get your free quick summary and start your decluttering journey. Thanks again for tuning in and be sure to join us next time to discover another secret on post-trauma secrets and decluttering.